North Otago. It's rich in history and strong in character. And you have found the podcast that celebrates all that is good within our district. Join Gary and Damien every week as they either interview a legend or someone who is putting North Otago on the map yet again. North Otago legends, up-and-comers, and a bit of history. The name says it all. Hello again. G'day, Gary. So how's your week been? Yeah, no, it's pretty good. Pretty good. I've um, been enjoying the podcast lately because I've been finding out, we've been finding some people we don't really know as well. Indeed. And um, I love finding out new things about new people. It's been really interesting just finding out pe- people who are in our community or have been in the community and yeah. just got good stories. And I think one of the ones is Father Wayne. Like, everyone knows him to say hello to and they know who he is, but just hearing his backstory... That, for me, was was great. I enjoyed hearing how he got to where he was and, mm. and what he thinks of the community. And, yeah, he's not a prisoner here. He loves it here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So so we've got a, another very interesting person to talk to today. This is another one. Today's podcast, you and I probably do not know who she is, but she's come very highly recommended. And when I did a bit of digging about her, I found someone else who spoke about her, and she's sitting here nervous going, what the heck am I doing here? But Debbie Henderson, so good to have you on the podcast today. Good to be here and having to, frankly, to follow Father Wayne. I'm a little bit nervous now. (laughs) Hey? Yeah. (laughs) No, all good. All good. Who would have thought, you know, going through life, it would have been you and Father Wayne. Me and Father Wayne, eh? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good having, we interviewed him, had a good chat. But today we want to talk to you and um, get to know you a little bit. Now, Lisa Williams, she dobbed you in and she was the one that you were probably going to get a bit grumpy with one day. Is that right? Oh, yeah, Lisa, eh? Yeah, yeah. No. And then Shereen, your love, spoke, said, look, she knows your story and felt that, yeah, this you'd be so good to interview you. So let's start right back at the start. Are you an Omru girl? Were you born here and raised here? Yeah, I was certainly raised here, yeah. Um, Went right through St Joe's, then on to St Kevin's. So where were you born? I was born in Christchurch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crusaders country, we'll let you wear that. And what age did you move to North Dago? Oh, no, um, I was adopted, actually. Yeah, so um, I turned up here in the 70s with uh, lots of other unwanted babies. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you adopted into the Henderson family? Yeah. Yep. And did they have other siblings or anything like that? Did you, you have siblings there? Yeah. Or, yeah. Two big brothers. Two big brothers. Yeah. Well, that's an unusual start to life. You wouldn't have remembered too much, but yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. Been lucky, been lucky enough to have a pretty cool family. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And what area did you grow up in? What area did you grow up in? Uh, yeah. What area? Um, grew up in Calc Road. Uh, and then out later out to Mahino. Okay. So a uh, little bit of country. Yeah. Follow Mahino rugby. And you still follow Mahino rugby? Um, I follow all rugby yeah. now. Oh. Hey, I've got to be dipping Malik on yeah, that one. You do yeah, indeed. Great yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah. So so um, yeah, you basically um, spent some time in town virtually and and Calc Road. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. How old were you when you moved? To Mahino. When we moved to Mahino, I was lucky enough to be able to get on the 
as a St. Kevin's girl to get on the uh, Western boys' bus. Right. So, yeah, that was that was fun times. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we must have moved to Mahino when I was about 14. Yeah. yeah. Right, so you went to St. Joseph's um, while you were in town here. Um, so, yeah, good school. Did you have good time there? Great time. Best yeah. friends. Uh, I don't know what's not to love about going to school in Omaru, really. It doesn't really matter what school I don't think you go to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, summer fun, winter fun. Yeah. You know, in Omaru, you're still got your friends from school. Yeah. And, and, yeah, nothing changes really with your schoolmates, do they? No. No. Too true. Do you, um, did, you got into horse riding along the way? Yeah, I started uh, right back in Calc Road when I uh, went over and, no, actually, I think they used to have uh, horse sales at the race course and Dad took me out one day and plopped me on a nice little black pony that turned out to be a rig, so it started off uh, entertainment in the house. So, yeah, we got one from Hacker, from our neighbour, George Innes. Right. So you had a wee bit of land out, out there? Yeah, yeah, we had 10 acres growing up as a kid down Calc Road. Yeah, great adventure time. Yeah, it was. And you would have spent a lot of your weekend on that horse going around, around the, the 10 acres? Uh, yeah, around the roads back in those days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to ride all around Tutu Hill and out to the beach, and but we also did a lot of uh, pony club events. Yep. Omaru was, uh, back then, had uh, one of the largest number of pony clubs. Yep. And the pony club was where it is now, um, uh, out the Boundary Creek area? Yeah, that's Omaru Pony Club, but yep. there used to be like Lower Waitaki, Totra, Enfield. Right. Um Omaru, yep. Glencoe, goodness, better not forget the one I was attached to. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you, you say there's a lot of competition going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, um, so for us horse riding chicks, we actually had our school friends and then we had our horsey chick friends that we used to see every weekend. Right. There would have been some girls on Tutu Hill Road that rode horses as well, the Brooker girls. You the Brooker, have, yeah, yeah, Nikki yeah. and Jan. Yeah, would have come across them a few times on the, yeah. 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 yeah, me and Nikki rode together. Did you? Yeah. So did you play any other sports? I'd like to follow up on the um, horse riding, but any other sports? or, or uh, Netball. Netball, yep. Yeah, just yeah, just netball, I think. Yeah. But there wasn't that much on offer, I don't think, back in the day. Yeah, not as so much as there is now, mm. yeah. But that was good, and, but horse riding was your passion. Yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah. Did, I, I know the answer, but tell us about the, uh, the Springton Trophy. How far did you go there? Springton Trophy. Well, you start off as uh, I competed first at 10, and uh, and I did three or four years um, until I essentially left school at 15 and went to Moscow and went to racing. That's massive competition, isn't it? Springston Trophy. Yeah, yeah, it's um, like three-day eventing. Mm. Um, so you do like a dressage phase, a um, cross-country phase and a show jumping phase. But that was good fun, but I actually really enjoyed show jumping was kind of more my thing as well. Yeah. And that's what we like what we see at the Olympics when we watch it. Um, they have the three days and three different events. So is it the same format as the Springsteen Trophy, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly the same. Did you ride against any of those ones that have gone on to the Olympics, or do you remember? Or um, 
Oh, yeah, I've, I was lucky. Not the Olympics, I don't think, but um, no, I was lucky enough to ride with some top horsewomen, and they're still competing today. Look at Sean Patton. Yeah. Um, yeah, and name must be a few others too, but, yeah, yeah she's um, pretty impressive what she does. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like everyone um, knew someone at least that, you know, had horses, and so, you know, it was very... Uh, you know, much more common, and uh, as you've said, there's a lot of clubs back in the in the day that. Um, yeah, Omaru was huge. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. every weekend, you know, you would hook the trailer float on, and you'd be somewhere to go. Mm. So for horsey parents, you know, your weekends consisted of early morning starts, rain, hail, or shine, until dark, pretty much, and um, so going to rugby on a Saturday morning for an hour, being a bit cold, not that terrible. Yeah, in comparison, yes. <laughs> and probably rugby might be a bit cheaper too. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the cheapest, keeping horses. So you left school because you wanted to get out or you had a good job, like you wanted to uh, pursue your passion or you were just over school or a bit of both? Um, school possibly really wasn't my thing. Um, as much as I enjoyed being there and uh, eating my lunch and yeah. hanging Fine. out with everybody else, it was kind of the subjects that were a bit of a bore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, horses, that, that were my thing, and I was just lucky enough to be able to, um, yeah, find something that I could actually do okay. and loved it. Well, talk us through that. What did you end up doing? Um, so I left home yeah. and... Uh, Went down and uh, secured a job in a racing stable yeah. and who I ended up lucky enough to be apprenticed to Brian Anderton at White Road Lodge. So he's been inducted into the Hall of Fame for racing. So, yeah, pretty impressive family to be attached to. Wow. And they were good to you? They taught you the tricks of the trade and, and they saw obviously saw potential in you? Oh, you just kind of become part of the family at White Robe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you're just, you're, you're just treated like part of the family. That's brilliant. Yeah, so no, um, no, I got to go from ponies to thoroughbreds. Wow. And my love of uh, jumping show jumps got added by speed as well and jumping. So. Right, so they were training both racehorses and jumpers, or yeah. how does that work? Yep. Yeah, so when you train racehorses back... I don't think they call them jumpers, Gary. Are they steeplechase or what? Yeah, but you do call them jumpers. Oh, you do. Oh, look at try, that. Yeah. Try and start with the lingo. Yeah, you? sorry. I thought I've got them here. Yeah. Who would call it a jumper? Yeah. 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 But you do. You have yeah. steeplechases, which yeah. are larger fences and yeah. further a distance, and a hurdle is a smaller fence over shorter distances. Wow. See, uh, and you enjoyed both, or did you one more than the other? Um, enjoyed both, but steeplechasing was a bit more fun. Was it? Yeah. Because they went faster and... Are they just bigger? Yeah. And further? Yeah. More challenging? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you served your time as an apprentice, and then you got into um, into full-time and, and racing quite successfully, I understand. Tell us about some of your... Highlights around the country and um, my highlights. Well, my highlights started off pretty early on as an apprentice, really. Mm. Um, 
No, it was just lucky I had such a, a talented boss that I was working for that looked after me so well and allowed me to get the confidence. Uh, but, yeah, no, um, the Western was one of my favourite races. I won that five times. The Western? The Great Western Steeplechase. Where's that at? Riverton. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was the first girl to win it. And then win it five times. And then win it five times. <laughs> Just trying to uh, get the average right, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. And the first year I won that, I also become the first female to win the Grand National Steeplechase. Wow. That was big time. Yeah, so I was 20 when I did that, so. You obviously had a talent for it. You obviously, that was, you know, something that you really connected with and were very good at. So you were passionate about it, you'd be training all the time, or was it just something come natural when you found you were good at it? Uh, racing's probably, uh, it's, it's character building because... Yep. You know, you're only as good as your last ride at times. Mm. Um, you know, what comes up must come down at times too. Yeah. Um, but no, everything goes round. You might win a race one day, you might fall off in the next race, and then you might win another one. So it's all very grounding. Yeah. And were you, um, were, were there many other females in the industry at that stage? Uh, no, there was not, not a lot in the beginning, no. So... There was a few few before me. Yep. Um, Stephanie Clark, she she put girls on the name down this area, and um, yeah. So you were breaking through the glass ceiling a little bit uh, along the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, when I come along, there wasn't a lot of other girls riding when Steph had finished, and then there was Megan. But now there's not a lot of jumping races anyway anymore. But um, no, there was. There was many times when there was only either you alone or one other female in the race. Yep. How did the men find it when you won and you started winning consistently? Were they good or were they they try and box you out or anything like that? Any shenanigans going on there or? Yeah. Uh, well, it's all about racing, isn't it? And yeah. Everybody wants to win. Yeah. Um, no, there was. They just seen you as another person. That I was just beat. another yeah. person riding horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as an apprentice, yeah. yeah. I think that family's quite tight-knit, the horse riding circle, isn't it? Everyone knows each other and gets on pretty well for the most of it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, when you're riding, obviously it was, um, you know, you, you didn't give too many favours away. Yeah. But um, everyone was mates off the field. Yeah, that's the way it should be. But, um, yeah, there was always entertainment going around. There was always someone talking about something. So. Do you just ride for your stable or someone from the North Island needed a jockey or, or how did it work? Or um, You can ride for whoever you like, really. Like when you're an apprentice, normally you're, you'd ride for your boss foremost yeah. and if they don't have any horses in, you'd ride for other people. But when you come out of your apprenticeship, you're essentially a freelance, so you can ride for whoever you want to. Brilliant. And well, while you were going through the apprenticeship, were there other apprentices in your um, stable there, or how, do, how does that go? Uh, I was, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there was, but I was the only one that rode jumpers yeah. right. as an apprentice. There was flat apprentices, but they didn't ride the jumpers. Flat. But then again, yeah, they didn't, yeah, flat apprentices. Yeah. yeah, I was too fat, you see. Oh, did it come down to a weight thing, like for jumpers and flat apprentices? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's all about weight. Yeah. 
I knew it was weight, but I didn't realise you could be. I know what we learned from Phil is that you can be a bit heavier and be harness racing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I thought jumpers and flat um, jockeys would all be a weight. Thing. No, no. So it was all everyone's uh, teenage dream, really, to have to like go and get on the scales. Yeah. And you'd have to get on it uh, with your saddle and your everything that you rode on the horse. Yeah. Except for its bridle and your hat and stick. Yep. So that's what you had to weigh. Hmm. So the horses that are going around at, say, Timaru today, that they've got 55 kilos. And that's with the saddle? Yeah. How much does saddles weigh? Depends how fat you are. Yeah. <laughs> does it have to be 55 kilos or can it be under? That's where you get lead in bigger saddles Oh, so and if you, weight. Yeah, so they give you a bigger saddle. Yeah. yeah. To get to what so, weight, yeah. yeah. So, so you can be bigger, but obviously that's a... Handicap on your... No, you're not allowed to be weigh any more than that. Okay. Oh, they won't let you ride? No, you'd get fined. Oh, wow. Is (laughs) that for the horse's safety or is it just... Well... Just trying to keep a regulation. It's it's a bit like um, if you're both running down down the track and someone was carrying someone and someone wasn't, who would go faster? Yeah. Ah. Just so... Yeah, okay, so... Because otherwise you could probably fix races a bit because you actually, you know, deliberately put someone slightly heavier on them. And, you know, so they, they do that to stop that sort of thing happening. Yeah, it's just what the weight's carried. So yeah. when you're an apprentice, because all jockeys get paid the same amount, but when you're an apprentice, you get an allowance to take off it. So you carry less weight. Right. So that gives them a reason to put you on. Okay. It would have been an exciting world to be in. Oh, it was great. For a young girl. Oh, it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Well, you worked every day. Yep. Uh, rain, hail or shine made the summer better and the winter more exciting. Yeah. Um, so we used to work six, seven days a week, but we used to go to Riverton for a week. We used to go to Christchurch for a week, you know, always travelling with a horse. Yep. Um, but just to be, I don't know, surrounded by an amazing smart animal because people that don't actually know horses and they know dogs, it's a bit like having a stable full of border collies, but they've all got their different personality yeah. and something different makes them tick. Yeah. I had a not too good experience with horses. My sister had a couple and, um, yeah, I, I wasn't, it might have scared me for life. <laughs> so, um... Before we get on to your last race, there must have been, back before that, I just re- reading a wee blurb, you've um, broken bones and you've, you know, had a few good um, oh, tumbles yeah. and things like that. Was it quite dangerous? Um, it was only the sudden stop. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I broke my first thing when I was 16, broke, broke and dislocated my ankle. Yeah. Uh, that was just training, actually. But the funny thing about that, they were schooling behind me as well, and I thought that I'd um, crawl out of the way so I wouldn't get run over, but then they nearly run me over <laughs> coming to see if it was all right. Yeah. But back in those days, you, get, you used to get chucked in the back of the car with a dislocated and broken ankle and get taken and yep. driven in. And how long till you're back on the horse? you have to wait the casters off, or a week later you're back? Yeah, you have to wait for the casters off, oh, yeah. yeah. I thought that might have been, have you back on there? Yeah, and... When in between 
the Western, when I first won the Western, I actually crashed at Gore. No, crashed somewhere. Might have been the North Island. And I broke my cheekbone and I broke my cheek and my jaw in three places. So that would have put you out for a wee while? Well, yeah. Yeah, well, not as long as you think. Yeah. Because you're kind of desperate. It's like the only profession in the world that actually it doesn't matter what <laughs> injury you've got <laughs> because riding jumpers only went through the winter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I was only off uh, six weeks. Yeah. But I can remember um, breaking it in the North Island and spraining my ankle and I had to uh, hobble all the way back through the airport and come back to Dunedin because I didn't want to get operated up there. I wanted to come home first. Oh, no. <laughs> so I had a couple of good shiners and a big fat face. Yeah. So you would have built up a fairly good intolerance, uh, fairly good tolerance to pain along the way. Um, I always thought if you broke something, especially like your wrist, that when you fell off and the first thing that really hurt. Might be, but mm. normally it just fell off and carried on, really. Mm. Yeah. It didn't scare you off? No. no. No, I mean... Your passion was... But it didn't hurt yeah. that much, I yeah. suppose, when you fell off. Yeah. <laughs> Gary and I fall over in the soccer field nowadays and we're out for months. <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I just don't go down because it's yeah. too hard getting up again. Yeah, just, yeah. So you still actually play sport. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Just want to note for the podcast, she was looking directly at <laughs> Gary when she asked that question, and Debbie was not looking at me. Yes, he does still play. Yeah. Yeah, and I can still run. Yeah. Unlike Damien. But anyway, that's all right. Who he plays. Who doesn't stop running? Sorry, carry on. Um, cool. So we're going to get serious for a wee moment. Tell us about your last race. On my last race, I was in the North Island and in a maiden steeplechase, yeah. and there was a, oh, well, I can't say that, but there was a oh shit moment, and yeah. he stood off too far and rolled over. So just talk us through that. So the horse you're on stood off. What does stood off Oh, mean? it just, he crashed. He crashed. He, he crashed on landing. That's yeah. the easiest way to put it. And when he crashed, he rolled? No, oh. no, uh, yeah, he, he flipped and rolled as well, but yeah. not over top of me. No. It was just how I landed, yeah. actually. And what happened? Uh, I ended up with a spinal cord injury. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so that was a, that was a bit uh, that slowed me down for a bit. Yeah. So that, oh, oh shit, moment, um, like, did you know something was pretty bad? Oh, no, that was, that was on the way down. Right. That was okay. that, that was before we'd crashed. Right. Yeah, that was... Uh, you knew you were in trouble. Oh, yeah, but you fall off lots of times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but no, I'd, I actually thought I was all good. Yeah. I can remember when the other jockeys was like, right, you better hurry up and get out of the way to come round again. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, give me a minute. And then he turned into a seagull and uh, he ran off waving them down and yeah. around the fence. Yeah. So what was the result of the spinal cord injury, just for people that don't know? Oh, it's uh, um, I can't walk anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't have very good balance, but um, apart from that, not that much slows me down these days. So how long have you been in a wheelchair for now? A long time. Yeah. Uh, nearly 19, 19 
Oh, years. three. Mm. God. 19 years. Yeah. 19 years. Mm. There you go. Goodness me. So it must have been, well, I mean, for anyone, it must be just such a, a massive thing to happen in their life and some deal with it better than others. But, but I mean, what, what went through your mind then and, and, you know, for the months after that, how were you? Um, oh, I probably could have done it a lot better than what I did. I don't think I was very easy at all. <laughs> um, but I was pretty lucky. I had, uh, I had lots of friends and support and uh, couldn't have done without them. But to be fair, I always thought that hard work fixed anything, and I thought that it was only a matter of time that I'd be able to sort it out, really. Yeah. And I was in full and utter belief because, I don't know, I probably wasn't that big on Google. Google wasn't even invented back then, hardly. Yeah. So you thought, yeah, willpower and strength, you'll get yourself back up again and going again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, that was my mindset. And I did everything in my power to do that. But then it's like, oh, that didn't work. So did you spend a fair bit of time in Burwood or somewhere like that? Yeah, I spent, uh, oh, how did you? I might have spent four months in Burwood. Right. But that was like a, that's, that's, that's a different place. Holy shit. When I go up there now, it's like, oh, how's all the mates? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, Pretty regimented. Oh, it's just, it's just, uh, yeah, you don't, yeah, if you've never been there, it's just um, the nurses and people, they're amazing. You know, people's lives have just uh, suddenly been, you know, tipped upside down. Mm. You know, I was probably one of the lucky ones that I didn't break my neck. Because that's a total game changer. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, no, the people that you meet in there, they are, they are from all different walks of life and they're very entertaining. So you but, have to go back every now and again just to check up or see how you're going? Or, yeah, go and have checkups and that. And, um, or, yeah. yeah, and when I go through there, I always go in and poke my head in and say hi to the there's people that are still there, goodness. But I always make sure that, you know, if there's anyone from local or... And uh, sometimes there is and sometimes it's not. Okay, Debbie, here we go. You were saying, why me? Why am I here? We, like, on the podcast talking to people who have done something and here you are, you've had this horrific injury... And you go back and you go back into that place and you try and bring a bit of light or a bit of love and you look for people this in this area who you can just encourage. Debbie, that's why you're on the podcast because we <laughs> love these stories and you can relate to them. You know, other people can't. But going back into Burwood, going back into these places where people are feeling at the lowest point in their life that they've ever been, having someone like you wheel around the corner with a smile on your face. And what I know of you so far, you seem like a character. And I know some of your friends, so I'm <laughs> sure you are a character. Um, yeah, that's that's what we like in this district. People that you, you've, I'm sure there were dark days and I'm sure there were hard times, but now you've chosen to go out and um, help other people and you've not allowed yourself being in a wheelchair to slow you down. You'll actually go and help others. So that's why you're here and that's why we wanted to talk to you and that's a is a great story the injury is not but how you've overcome it and how you've um kept going that's a great story so thank you for that 
We're going to keep going, by the way, but I just wanted to chuck that in there now. You don't get away that easy. Uh, it gets all weepy like this sometimes. Uh, yeah. No, I did, but that's <laughs> no, what makes North Wales great. People that, um, yeah, overcome. Mm. Yeah. So, thank you. So, you, you spent four months the year. Were they going through physio and so forth, trying to just get enough movement back in? No, well, what, what, what happens it? is you've got no balance. Right. And you just don't know how to do things anymore. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, but, you know, getting around in a wheelchair is not as easy as it looks. Um, and then you've got, like, different balance, and then you've got to be able to get from, I don't know, your vehicle or the sofa, or you've got to be able to move from one spot to the other. Mm. And... Yeah, there's Think a, things you took for granted before. Well, there's a few face. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of things you take for granted. How long it takes to do things and to get anywhere. Yeah. You can't. Once upon a time, I reckon I could have been out the door within five minutes flat. Yeah. But yeah, doesn't happen these days. No. Yeah, and I think I didn't understand that either when I was trying to get you on the podcast. I said, "Hey, do you want to come in for nine o'clock?" And you said, jeepers, you have to get up at six just to try and get ready and get here by nine. Yeah, it so, takes a couple yeah. of hours for me to get up. and Yeah, I just didn't realise it. I just didn't compliment, um, think about that, I guess. Contemplate. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so, but it could take longer, I suppose. Mm. And at least I can get ready by myself. Yeah. Mm. And you drove here. And I drove here. And you rolled right up the ramp and come straight in. Yeah, not yeah. that hard, was it? No, it was great. Yeah, I, I guess that's one of the things you would have seen, those people who couldn't even do that and the limitations that they had and probably be grateful at least you did have yeah. some movement. Yeah, because when I got hurt the same day as me, there was another girl got hurt. She was from Queenstown, mm. and but she broke a neck. And, yeah, just her hand movement and her strength was not the same. Mm. At least I retained my upper body strength where she didn't. And that makes the difference between whether you're independent or not pretty much, Well, yeah, it? with someone that's broken their neck, they, they can't, they, mm. they, they have a problem holding a, a spoon. Yeah. And holding a cup. Yeah, so. So that makes a whole lot of difference. And likes of Andy, Andy Pickles, he's an amazing man, mm. you know. He doesn't have the use of his hands, but he runs his garage. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Got his mind working hard. You know? Yep. Do you have a wee bit to do with Andy? No, not as much as what we we should do because everyone's always so busy doing things. Yeah. But um, no, I know Andy and Sonia, but, yeah, they're a pretty amazing couple, those two. Mm. You seem like a pretty much an optimist. Um, That must have helped you you cope with what you had to go through? Um, no, probably not in the early days. Not when I worked out that it, this was going to be how it was going to be. Yeah. No, I thought that actually sucked quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't quite sure I, what I was going to, how I was going like to, not in the I, early days. No, but I think anyone, that would be their natural reaction, but it's whether they bounce back from that. Yeah. And that so, would have been challenging. Yeah, I was just lucky I had really good mates. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Looked after you. Yeah, yeah. Picked me up, took me out. And still took you out? 
Yeah. Out to the pub and things like that? or Absolutely. Road tours, Karen Sutherland, bad influence. No. <laughs> Karen Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another good North Otago name, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Um, so in amongst all of that, you moved back to North Otago. When was that and why? Um, I ended up coming back to North – because I was already living in North Otago when I got hurt. Okay. And I was actually based at the race course cottage and I used to work night shift at the Freezing Works. I used to be train a couple of horses and used to ride jumpers. So that's... Busy time. That's what I used to do. Yeah. There was always somewhere to go. Mm. Yeah. So I used to ride in South Island and in North Island as well. So... That's really busy, trying to work night shift and get up and train the horses and then weigh every weekend. You would have no spare time for anything else back then. But that's all right, isn't it? Yeah. Doing no, what, doing, doing what yeah, you love. No, if you love it, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Yeah, many occasions I'd mm. finish night shift a bit early and then go to Invercargill on yeah. a Friday and come back and work night shift. Yeah. Hey? No, excellent. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, when you when you get to go away for the weekend and you're doing something you love, as you say, I mean that that, that probably is you count as your time off. It is your time from, off. From I would have done it for free. Yeah, mm. just felt lucky, you know. Even when I first went there as a schoolgirl, that I actually got paid to do something that I loved. Yeah. So is it common for jockeys and so on to have other jobs that they do during the week? Uh jumps jockeys, yes. Yeah. So back then, um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of. Uh, Jockeys, not full-time jockeys, not now. Mm. Um, but, yeah, but they'd always get up and ride work every morning. Yep. Go and work the horses early mm. and go to the trials and um, jump outs and what's required. Yeah. Breaking horses in. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a lifestyle. So you, you, you had your accident and obviously your lifestyle changed. Yeah. So... But then, what, what were the, what were the big decisions you had to make? I had to buy property, see. So I bought a lifestyle block, <laughs> as you would. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that was your independence. You could have moved back in home, or you could have, you know. But you decided I'm going to buy a property. No, but I went back to the rascal's cottage for a bit yeah. before I decided what. Just yeah you you can't make deci- rash decisions constantly, so I just kind of kicked a few stones around <laughs> and um yeah, yeah. figured a plan. everyone told me I needed to move out of there because it was a dump, so yeah it might have made me stay a bit longer yeah. <laughs> but then you bought your own property and moved but, in? Yeah, yeah, so I bought that moved in and here's a question: how many acres you got, and do you have a horse on it? Well, I've got now. I have just over two hectares, yeah. and I used to have a horse. Yeah, but it was, but it was the she would have come in here too. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this horse was the. It actually looked like a baby mammoth in winter. <laughs> yeah, she was only about mm, quite short. Very, that's like a miniature horse. Right, like she was tiny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, little lady. Yeah. She was pretty cute. Yeah. She used to love sneaking inside and okay. 
loved stone fruit. They were a fave. <laughs> well, I hope she was uh, house trained, having a horse inside. No, but she did get scared the occasional person inside that felt like someone was looking at them and then they got yeah, a fright because there was a horse in the lounge. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, not something you expect every day, to be fair. No. Here's a question for you. Um, is there a way for you to get back in a saddle now? Is there some saddle that could support you? Or I've been as, back. Yep. When I was still at Burwood. Back in a saddle on a horse. Yeah. Yeah. How did that work? Well, I decided in my wisdom, looking over at uh, the steeplechase fences at Rickerton, mm. that maybe my time would have been best used at the race school's pub. So that's where we went afterwards and was my last time on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I used to enjoy riding because I could go fast. And, uh, yeah, I loved the speed and the agility of the animal looking through the ears. But, um, yeah, I mean, I love my little pony, but, yeah, I decided that, I, yeah, I could do something else. I'd ridden enough. Yeah. So what do you do now? What do I do now? Mm. Uh the fun. What do I do now? Go to the races. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I've got a share in a racehorse. She's actually racing today. Oh. Whereabouts? Timaru. No, last time Phil gave us a tip, they didn't, you know, they no. didn't come in. Oh, yeah. Maybe you can they give us a better us. tip. Yeah, it cost us a lot of money. <laughs> Not that I in, um, encourage gambling or anything, but, uh, you know, went in Rome. So, yeah, we might have to talk to you off here just in case we can get a hot dip. But oh, anyway, so, winner, so, so yeah, winner. is it? So that must be exciting. You've got, um, is it just one horse you've got shears in? or? Uh, yeah, I've had a, actually, I've had a shears in a horse since I've been injured. Yeah. Um, I got pushed into it from my um, former employees yeah. at White Robe. So I'm in a syndicate, been a very successful syndicate actually. So we've raced a number of horses over the last 19 years. That must be really good. Yeah. It's exciting. And um, what's your, are you a silent partner or do you get to um, check them out online or go and look at them in person and any input into the training or? That's where you pay the trainers for. Oh, do you? You're a good trainer. Yeah. 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 No, um, I'm part of the Wiltshire Wednesday Syndicate. Yeah. So we we race uh, shares in more than one horse. Yep. Yeah, so for a small amount. So, yeah. Anyway, this this last one's won a couple, so she's doing all right. That's good. Keeps that will roof be exciting, yeah. Keeps a roof on the head, over the head and, you know, food on the table. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. So what else do you spend your days doing? Um, well, I do all my own lawns and garden and grow their own veggies and right. in between uh, schools and holidays and sports. That yeah. just keeps me busy enough. Yeah. That's good. It, obviously, it's a write-on. Has it been adapted for you, or how does that work? Uh, yeah, it is a write-on. Yeah, yeah it's uh, got a uh, hydrostatic clutch in it, so it's just kind of got, like, forward and backs. Yeah. So I've got no pedals. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, yeah, so I've got, like, a large yeah. like a large lawn and garden, and, yeah, I think that if I actually never got out of it, I still wouldn't be finished, but... Um, <laughs> Especially at the moment. Yeah. 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 Um, But no, what do I do for fun? Catch up with friends. Yeah. Socialising. Go to the races. Go on uh, cruises. Yeah. And then, and your son, and tell us about him and his 
His motorbike. <laughs> oh, his motorbike, yeah. goodness me. Mum's worry about that. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, the first time he actually got on his motorbike, it was like, oh, just around the yard, just around the yard. And then he was off like he'd stolen it, and it's like hands over the eyes going, oh, my goodness. Yeah. But, yeah, no, he's he's pretty good. He's, he knows that he can fall off. Yeah. And he's made his nana run quite fast, obviously, when he's fallen off. But. Yeah. I don't know. Gives him a bit of respect for it, doesn't it? How old's he? He's ten. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's ten. It'll only get worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Sounds like he's inherited your your need for speed. Need for speed. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, but at least I suppose at least now he can he can weigh up the options and he's <laughs> like, oh yeah, maybe if you do really stupid things, things can go wrong. Yeah. Um, which I had no clue. Mm. Yeah, that was just not. That was never on my radar, no. No, but I suppose you don't live your life thinking that things are going to go bad, though, do you? No, you can't. You can't keep living like that, otherwise you won't do anything. And you look at the races you won, you were the first female to win these races, and if you were too too afraid or too scared, you would never have had those those titles, and no one can take that away from you. But the best thing about winning races is seeing, apart from seeing how happy the owners and the trainers are, but it's a pretty good feeling. Mm. It's a pretty cool feeling. Does the horse know it's one? Does the horse know it's in a race or does it just run to please the jockey? Uh, they're competitive. Are they? They're really competitive. Yeah. Like you see a bunch of yearling thoroughbreds around a paddock. Yeah. They're always trying to race each other. Yeah. So it's natural instinct. To yeah. Be yeah. That's the their breeding. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's why, I mean, not all of them can run fast. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's that's what they're bred to do, yeah. and and they are they are competitive. And the races you won, um, like the Western and so on. I mean, did, were you riding the same horses um, from time to time, or how did? Um, so a lot of the horses that I that I rode at the races, I only ever rode them at the races. I never rode them any right. other time. Yep. Um, the ones that I used to ride all the time was the one from the stables, and we used to train all of them and teach them to jump. But it gives you, you know, it's fun teaching horses to jump and educating them, it's fun breaking the babies in and seeing them go right through. Yeah. It's a pretty rewarding process. Mm. Um, one thing I noticed that Phil had an eye for the horses and you're the same way, you'll know if a horse is any good pretty quickly or when you go to the races nowadays you, you've got a fair idea which one you think is going to be out the front? Can you pick it or...? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm just a punter these days. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. no, 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 of course, um, I mean, it's like a thing, if you see something walking around, you think, oh, I like that one. Yeah. But, yeah, we're just all the same, Yeah. you know. Sometimes the more information that you have, the, just the harder it is. Yeah. Was there any, when you were riding, was there any that you'd hop on and think, this is a really good horse from riding it, or is it um, is that same same as just looking at it walking? Um, well, you know, horses, they're all there because they're actually reasonable animals, even if it's a maiden race, but jumping race is a difference, you mm. know. some uh, There's a lot of things that can happen, you know. If a horse actually hits a fence in the race, that that you can go from hero to zero pretty quick, you know, because it's like um, steeplechasing when it's people. When they hit a fence, it slows them up too. Yeah. 
um, I don't know, thoroughbreds, are, they're amazing animals. They feel great. Mm. And if you actually got on one and went around and started and thought, oh, this doesn't feel any good, you'd go, oh, I think, don't think this one should be racing. But they all feel good. Yeah. Mm. Oh, very good. So thank, thank you very much for all of that. Um, you know, it's just really good, you know, because neither Damien or, or I, you know, are familiar with uh, industry or anything like that. And, you know, it's always really interesting talking to people who have been very involved in something and finding out more about it. So really appreciate that. But it's, um, you know, it's, it's your overcoming of adversity that, uh, you know, makes you really notable. And the fact, as Damien said before, you, that you're going back and you're looking to help others who are in similar circumstances. So thank you very much for all of that. Mm. Do you have any words of wisdom for anyone in a, having a tough time in, in the district at the moment, or what would you say? It'll always get better. Yeah. And yep. it's a mindset, really. Hmm. If you choose if you choose to put a smile on your face, then uh, you're halfway there. Yeah. And that's and every morning you choose to get up, put a smile on your face, and believe that things will get better. Wow. Imagine yeah. waking up thinking, oh, this is, this is a dark dream. Yeah. Dark day. Yeah. You know, even if it's sunny, you know, yeah. it's, there's always got to be something to be happy for. Yeah. You know, yeah. most of us live in this beautiful place. Uh, we're pretty spoiled, all of us. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you for coming in today, Debbie, and thank you for having a chat. And um, I just, yeah, it's good talking to you and hearing about different people in North Otago and our district and who've done different things. And um, quite a few people will know you and will know, some will know your story and some not so much. So, um, appreciate you just your your honesty and your rawness and and um, yeah I just appreciate you've come in and mm-hmm. willing to talk to us. Haven't bored everyone to sleep yet. Not yet, no, <laughs> and you definitely won't. It's amazing what different people get out of podcasts, but some people will listen to this and it'll be the inspiration they need. And you may never have known that, but you will just inspire people to go. Yep, I want to get up and go again, or I'm going to face my battle and um, yeah, put a smile on my face. So. That's what we like. Thank you for doing that. So thank you for sharing your achievements, your stories, your um, yeah, your, your your success in life and yeah, optimism. Appreciate it. Oh no, it's good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. No, it's good. I have one question to finish with. That's all right. If you hadn't got injured, do you think you'd still be a jockey today, or would you be doing something else? Be a bit long in the tooth to be still falling off jumpers. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Would you go to a flat tracker one or? Too fat. No, too fat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what would you be doing? Uh, Would you be still training and all of that or you don't, you would have seen what what would have come? No, well, my my actual plan was to to head over to Dubai and do a bit more travelling, go back to Japan. Yeah. Yeah, just tiptoe around the world a bit more. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. Very and much. really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, all the very best to you. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Oh, Gary, that was that was good. It was. Yeah, it's surprising who's in our in our community, and often you don't know them, but often there's so many good people with good stories that have overcome things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, and it just makes you appreciate what other people have to go through and things all of us take for granted and you know we never quite know when they might be lost and 
you know, how we, we don't know how we'd deal with that yeah. for many of us. Yeah, there's always someone else in a tougher situation than you, isn't there? So, yeah, it pays not to dwell on what's been lost or what's not happening, but actually pick yourself up. Put a smile on your face, like Debbie said, and just get out there and do it. So Yeah, yeah. and I'm sure, you know, part of it's, you know, sometimes just accepting help that when others offer it to you. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Great note to finish on. All right, thanks, Gary. We'll thanks see you very next much. Week. Catch you then.